Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 93 of Process to Profitability. Today I'm talking about customer service is queen with Katherine Hildner. We have a great conversation about why customer service is important, what it looks like in our businesses, and how we can set everything up to be really customer focused. Catherine talks about some of her experiences with both good and bad clients and how she has evolved her customer service over time. And we talk about how you can create a one of a kind experience without spending a lot of money. I suggest you go and check out the Customer 101 Hack Sheet she references at the end of the episode. There will be a link to that in the show notes. Katherine Hilder is the creator, designer, and heart and soul behind Kitty Meow, a creative boutique. At Kitty Meow, you can shop beautifully designed paper goods based on your mood, witty, or sweet. Whether you're looking for something witty or even a little rude or prefer sweet sentiments, she's got you. Katherine is also a wife, mother, anchor-loving philanthropist, and customer service queen. Hi, Catherine. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Samantha. I read your bio at the top of the show, but I'd love if you could tell the listeners a little bit more about who you are, where you're from, and how you got started in your business. Ah, it's been a crazy ride, but yeah, my name is Catherine, and I run a product-based business of stationery and other paper-related goodies called Kitty Meow, a creative boutique. At my site, you can shop beautifully designed stationery based on your mood, witty or sweet. If you're feeling saucy and rude, I got you covered. But if you're feeling more sweet sentiments for your kiddos and your grandma, I got you covered too. I do a lot of party invitations and custom invitations as well as my greeting card and gift line that I focus more on selling wholesale and to retail stores. But how I got started started, I went to college for design at Northern Illinois University. And once I graduated, I packed up my Honda Accord and I moved to Las Vegas because I thought it would be a really cool place to get into advertising and marketing. And I had some family who lived there at the time. and. I ended up working for one of the biggest nightlife and hotel advertising companies in Las Vegas. And for my early 20s, it was a lot of fun, but it quickly kind of sucked my soul dry. And I sort of opened an Etsy shop that had one lonely little baby shower invitation and built it up on the side while still working my full-time job. And When I met my husband, I knew his job would constantly be making us travel and move all over the country, and I really wanted to have something that I could take with me wherever we were living, and I got to a point where I was just getting a lot of sales with my Etsy shop, and I decided to quit my job, and shortly after that, he got transferred to Arizona, and from Arizona, we moved to California, Seattle. Now we're back in the Chicagoland area and two kiddos later and kitty meows rocking and rolling, a lot of growing, a lot of mistakes along the way, a lot of ups and downs. 
Yeah. Well, I'm really excited that you do products because a lot of the guests that I bring on are service-based. And when you do products, it's got a little bit different of a perspective on things. Um, And I also love that your Etsy shop actually took off and gave you a business. I feel like I've talked to a lot of people who have said, I started an Etsy shop trying to sell something and it didn't work. And so I started doing something else, but yours actually was successful over time. And and I love that you kind of took that and you built it up and you were patient with that. Yes. Keyword, patience, patience, (laughs) patience, patience. Now I have my Etsy shop and I have my own kidding out website, but it took a really, really long time to get there. And as you know, building a website is no easy feat, especially a really good one. And it was nice to have Etsy to kind of just get my feet wet. And once I kind of narrowed down on what I actually wanted my brand to be, then having my own website really came into play and was super important to kind of move away from Etsy and not move away, but have something else, something that's more just me. Because you buy something on Etsy, people say like, oh, I got it off Etsy. They don't necessarily say who the seller was. It's just Etsy. Yeah, I think really owning your brand, once you kind of know what it is, and you pointed that out, is you have to figure out what that is before you invest in a website. But once you get over to that, you can really make it your own, become known for who you are, instead of being another one of the people that sells things. I mean, even when I buy things on Etsy, I tell people, I got it on Etsy. I don't remember (laughs) who I bought it from. Oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't even matter. You're just like, just Etsy. There's so many sellers on there and a lot of them are like fantastic. Some of them not so much. And it's, you know, the games and rules and Etsy are totally changing. And I've even personally seen a dip in my sales on Etsy this year as they, you know, get new leadership. So having your own website, but then still having, you know, other income stream like Etsy is totally super smart for your business. Awesome. So today we're specifically talking about customer service. And this is a topic that's really important on the podcast, but we haven't had an episode focused on it in a while. So I was really excited when you reached out to talk about this specifically so we can focus on customer service and you have that little bit of a different perspective because you do custom work. So that's like a service, but you're also making products for people. Yes. Oh, I mean, customer service is just so near and dear to my heart and I'm not miss manners or anything like that, but I feel that it's so important and it's seriously sad and pathetic that it's kind of this dying industry or trend. And I think we all need to, you know, all of us small business owners need to band together and say, hey, we're going to be better at it. We're going to be on point and offer this exceptional customer service experience to our customers that's totally reflective of our brand and our morals and values. And, you know, you don't get that when you purchase 50 things a day on Amazon. And I think People want that kind of connection because you don't always get that in your other transactions on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. And it's important for small businesses 
to really focus on this because the bigger businesses aren't worried about losing one or two customers because they didn't get back to them fast enough. But people notice when you are going above and beyond out of your way to make their transaction easier or to answer questions that they have. And it really builds a good relationship from the beginning that brings people back. Oh, I totally agree. And, you know, when I get inquiries for custom invitations, I tell these customers right off the bat, hey, I'm not going to be your cheapest price. If you want something that's less expensive, then I'm not your girl. But if you want a one of a kind experience where you feel that I value your business and I really truly care about your event, then I'm the person for you. And I can't compete with the big box invitation stores. And I'm honestly not trying to because that's not what the fundamentals of my business is based upon. Yeah. So what are the most important parts of having good customer service? Like what is the basic things that we need to have in place? Yes. I think it's all about loving on your customers, not literally creepily loving on them, (laughs) but uh, showing them that you're thankful for them, that you're being thoughtful that you're organized and you have the systems in place to communicate with them. And like you said previously, it's about building relationships. I'm definitely more of an introvert by nature, but when it comes to my customers, I really try to kick it up a notch to make sure that they feel, you know, the, the kitty meow love in every aspect of working with me because I do truly care about their business. And I know that they can spend their money anywhere. And I'm grateful that they're choosing to spend it with me. So you talked about a couple of things there. So communication and organization specifically, and that kind of leads into my next question about how we can set our business up to serve our customers well. So what insight do you have into setting up a business that has communication and organization at the heart so that our customers really see that? Yeah. So, I mean, when I go through my process with customers, I just try to have systems in place so they know step-by-step what to expect from me, what information I need from them to complete their order. And it's my job to keep them organized and in line because they don't necessarily even know what they want or how to get there. They just know that they want the product and they want it to be good. But it's also about setting boundaries with your clients from the get-go because good customer service doesn't mean that you let your customers walk all over you and you give them whatever they want. It has to be a mutually healthy relationship for you and your customer. Absolutely. And I think when we start out in business, we're really afraid to set those boundaries, but they are beneficial to you because you're not running yourself ragged. You're not feeling like, oh my goodness, this person has asked for a million things and I don't want to keep working for them. But it's also <laughs> helpful for them because a lot of times they just don't know what's included or what to expect or what is appropriate. Oh, I totally agree. And it's your job to hold their hand through the process and, you know, politely guide them. And unfortunately, as a business owner, you don't necessarily know what boundaries to set or even know what your systems 
should be until you have a bad experience and you learn from it. But, you know, I think you need to take the good with the bad and it's all a learning curve. And I think we're all just trying to make it up as we go along <laughs> and see what sticks and see what doesn't. And yeah. Part of what it takes to run a successful online business is having the right tools for the job. I'm sharing a list of all of the tools I use in my business in my toolbox. And you can find that at lemonandthesea.com slash my dash toolbox to download it now. These include tools that I use for podcasting, designing, running my business, and other things. So you can get a real inside look at everything that I use every day in order to serve my clients well and grow my business. Again, you can find that at lemonandthesea.com slash my dash toolbox. As business owners, we are usually, at least starting out, the only person that is doing all of the things, and that leads to mistakes. So why is it important to own up to our mistakes, and then why do we also need to celebrate our wins? Well, owning up to your mistakes, I like to think that you definitely shouldn't tiptoe or make excuses for you know, anything that happens with your customers. I always tell my customers, hey, it's your job to look at this final proof, look for your information to make sure that it's all accurate, you know, check for typos on any of the verbiage. And if you tell me that it's okay to send this to print, and then you come back later and say that there was a mistake, then that's on the customer. And even though I always say that to customers, they're always not always, but there occasionally are mistakes that either happen on my end or the customer's end. And a lot of times, not all the time, I don't necessarily care about whose fault it was. I care more about focusing on the solution than the problem. And I want to make it right. And I want my customers to know that, you know, whatever we need to do to make it right, like we're going to make it happen. I'm not just going to leave you with an invitation that has whatever, it doesn't matter whose fault it was, let's make it right. And then we can talk about payment or compensation or any of that jazz. Do you feel like when you have had a mistake come up, whether it was kind of on you or on the client, that it helps to own up to it? Or do you feel like people don't like to hear that, oh, I messed up? don't think that people like to have blame placed on them. So even if it was <laughs> their fault, I try not to get too emotional about it. And it's really hard because I've gotten, you know, a couple bad reviews for my business that really like at the time ate away at my soul. And I probably shed some tears and got really emotional about it. But, you know, the more you do this and the more customers you work with, you know that it's not necessarily anything personal. People just want what they want and they come to you because they're hoping you can execute that. And sometimes you just need to make it right. And sometimes you need to, I don't know, with my stuff, you know, I have to get it reprinted and sometimes it's on me or sometimes I split the cost with a customer, but I don't want them to walk away from a situation like that feeling like I place all the blame on them. I don't have their back and they're just SOL because that's not the kind of experience I want to give them. And if I want them to come back to me 
you know, for another event or occasion, then, you know, I need to show them that I have their support, whether it's through good, through bad, I got to be there for them. Yeah. I found the same thing in my own business. Like when you first get that email from a client that something is not right, it kind of gives you a sinking feeling in your stomach. Yes. You want to just go, oh, well, you're wrong. But (laughs) it's been really beneficial for me to take a look at it and say, you know, I messed up or, you know, maybe there was a miscommunication in something, but we're going to figure out a way to fix it. And that is where that communication comes in too, because we're not just walking away and leaving them hanging. We're saying, you know, we're going to come to a solution and that might mean different things in different situations, but you're always taking that next step. And it always seems like it turns out for the good because my clients really appreciate that I said, you know, okay, I see that we have a mistake here and we're going to fix it. Oh, I, I totally agree. It's like you said, it's about not leaving customers hanging. It doesn't matter if it was my fault or the post office didn't deliver something on time. Even if it literally isn't my fault, I still feel for these people and I still want them to have a positive experience. And I, I care about their event. I care that they got their paper goodies in a timely fashion and that they were happy with them. And, you know, it's, it goes back to loving on your customers, caring about what you're doing and being passionate about your work. You know, if you don't care about what you do, then it's really hard to care for your customers and their needs. Yeah. And on the other end of the spectrum, we also need to take some time to celebrate our wins. So why do you think that's important and how does it relate to customer service? Well, I think just having that positive attitude, you know, in general, kind of pours over to your customer service experience. So you're celebrating your wins within your business, or if you're celebrating a win with a customer. I mean, you know, if you get a positive review or your customer comes back with some feedback and says, hey, I bought this for my mom because my dad just passed away. and This provides such a, a great memory for our family. You know, I do a lot of personalized gifts and I get those comments all the time. Like those are the simple comments that really fuel me as a human being and make me excited to serve customers. And like those are the moments that I live for, knowing that something I designed and created is bringing great memories to whoever receives it. I love that. So we had talked about with boundaries, um, kind of knowing our boundaries. And I'd love to know if you've ever had a time where you have had someone reach out to you that you knew was not a good fit and how you handled it and you know, how we know when we shouldn't work with a potential client. Ah, yeah. I mean, in the beginning, (laughs) I laugh because I just have had this feeling so many times of knowing when we shouldn't work with a potential client. But in the beginning, you just think, oh, I'm, I'm a designer. I can design anything. I can design this person's church logo or just some random stuff that you really don't feel passionate about, but you think that you should take on the project because that's good customer service or because you want the money or because you need the money. But taking on projects that you don't really, that your heart's not in 
isn't good customer service in the long run. I mean, you're just kind of setting you and your client up for failure because if your heart's really not in it, it's going to show from the get-go. And it takes a while to get to that point to where you feel confident in yourself and your business to not take on projects that don't bring you joy. Do you have any guidelines that you use in your business to kind of figure out who those clients are that you are better off saying no to? Yes. So over the years, as I have narrowed down the niche of my business, I now only take on products that are specifically stationary. So greeting cards, invitations, personalized gifts, anything else, especially if it's not within my design aesthetic, I turn down. For a long time, I designed stuff based on what someone else aesthetically wanted me to do. And now I strictly just design with my signature kitty meow style. And I try not to get away from that box because I know what I'm good at. I know what I like. I feel like if I'm designing something I love, then you're going to love it too. And if I'm just designing something to check the boxes to hopefully make a customer happy, that's not really doing anything for either of us. So those are sound like they're pretty tangible things, but how do you say no to somebody if you just feel like this is not a great fit? We wouldn't work well together. It's not, oh, you know, your request isn't in my style or it's not stationary, but like it's just one of those weird things that you don't have a reason, but you feel like you shouldn't take them on. Oh, no, I totally understand what you're <laughs> saying now. But yeah, you just get this weird pit in your stomach. You're like, something just doesn't feel right here. You just get this little voice in your head that says, don't take this customer. They're going to be a pain in the butt. They're just going to give you so much heartache and trouble. But you take it on because you think that you should. And then you look back and you're like, oh, I should have just followed my gut. But just goes to following your gut. There's no real rhyme or reason. There's no formula to follow to know when to say no, just goes back to following your gut. And again, the longer that you're in business and the more experience you get dealing with good people, bad people, crazy people, like you just know how to easily pick up on people who aren't going to vibe with you. Okay. And it sounds like you've had some of those people. So have you ever had to end one of those relationships before a project has been completed? No, I've never had to break up with someone before a project has been completed. <laughs> and I probably should have. But I have, I guess, even recently this year, broken up with a customer after the project was completed, if you even want to, I guess, call it that, because the completed product wasn't very good. <laughs> And I had to tell them moving forward, you know, I don't think that we should work together and anymore. And this was a customer that I was working with for different occasions on multiple invitations. And it was just such a headache and so many mistakes. And, you know, because they weren't organized and they wanted everything done at the last minute and my fault because I didn't put up those boundaries. and. I probably let them walk all over me a little bit and it was just a disaster and I ended up refunding half of their money and said, good day and 
you put up your boundaries and your customers need to be respectful of that. And if they're not respectful of you and your time, you know, it's not always about the customer and you being respectful of their time. Like you're a hardworking person, usually in your small business, it's just you running the show. So your time is valuable. And if your customers don't see that as well and value you just as much as you value them, then that's not a business relationship you want to be a part of, no matter how much money they might be giving you. So do you remember what you said to them or kind of how you phrased that we're not going to work together moving forward if people are in that situation and need to write that email or have that phone call? Uh, yes, I probably still have the email somewhere, <laughs> but uh, in general, I'm an emotional person, if I'm being honest. So I really try not to quickly send an email in response. I kind of write it out and then I sit on it for a little bit. Then I revisit it and take out more emotion, you know, keep emotions at bay. And I don't let anything I say be a personal attack towards them. So that goes back to taking a lot of the emotion out of it. But she had mentioned to me after this project of invitations went totally wrong because she didn't proof the invitation the first time or the second time or the third time <laughs> after it had already been mailed out to all of her guests. And we were just doing some revisions on a digital level that she could digitally send out to her guests with corrections. I mean, it was just bananas. Her son's name was spelled incorrectly and it was kind of a weird name. But after this two, three rounds of her getting mad at me because this information was wrong after she didn't check it the first time when she approved it, she came back and was like, oh my gosh, my son's name is wrong. I'm like, lady, if you cannot tell that right away that your son's name is spelled wrong, you're right. We are not a good fit. She had said, I don't think I'm going to use you in the future. And I just politely responded, I agree. We should not work together in the future. I value your business, but while you're busy and your time is valuable, I am also busy and my time is also valuable. Here is 50% off your order because I take responsibility for whatever mistakes I made along the way, but have a nice life. No, I didn't say have a nice life, but <laughs> something along those lines. I have also found, especially when maybe you haven't started working with somebody or you've just gotten started, it's really nice to give them a referral, which sometimes I struggle with because I'm like, you're a really annoying client. Do I want to pass you off to somebody else? Ah, yeah. But if you can find someone who is like really good at handling people like that, and sometimes personalities just mesh differently, it's nice to say, you know, I don't think we're a good fit, but you could reach out to these people and see if they could help you. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one too with the referrals. It's kind of like, do you send them to an enemy? Do you want to send them to a friend? <laughs> I don't know. But like you said, it's really sometimes just a a personality thing. And yeah, sometimes you just don't need the business that much to deal with people that don't vibe with your personality. That's okay. Yeah. And sometimes I'm sure with you, like you can send somebody to someone who has a different style or tell them, here's a really great shop with pre-made designs. Maybe <laughs> check those out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
I've had people who only do wedding invitations, you know, refer me because I do a lot of all kinds of invitations, not just wedding invitations. So if others don't want to step outside of their box and refer to other people, I mean, that's totally cool too. And having those, that information in your back pocket of people you can refer is valuable and goes back to not wanting to leave the customer hanging. So if you care about them, even if you don't necessarily want to work with them, you can still guide them in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about creating a one of a kind experience for our customers without spending a lot of money. Yes, I love this question because I totally agree that you don't need to spend a lot of money to have a great customer experience. And you definitely can spend a lot of money, you know, if you have the budget to give your customers fancy gifts. And there's a couple customers that yearly, if they spend a certain amount of money with my business, I will give them a holiday gift, but that's a very select few. I think in general, you don't need to pull out all those crazy stops as far as money, but you can still give a great experience. I kind of have five go-to steps in my process that I would love to share with you. Yeah. Okay. So I have five steps that I think are totally effective in helping with your customer experience and it's really just about communicating. It has nothing to do with money. It's about just going that extra mile and making your customers feel loved on. Number one, when a customer reaches out to me and places an order, the first thing I do is say, thank you. And I try to show some excitement in talking with them or emailing with them. I try to get to know them and make them feel loved on and valued. And like I said, number one, just be thankful. Number two, I like to communicate with them the next steps and what they should expect out of me. This is primarily when doing custom invitations or not even custom, but you know, I want to be true to my word. If I say that I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Number three, if I'm running behind and I can't necessarily be true to my word, I own up to that mistake and let my customer know that things happen and don't make excuses, but want to let them know what to expect of me in the next step. And then after I send out my order, I always follow up with my customers with a handwritten note, depending on what they ordered, or even a simple email, just engaging with them, asking them how they like the product and making sure that everything was okay with their order, I think is so, so important. And I'm not just falling off the face of the planet after I ship out my order and then they never hear from me again. It's kind of like you have this great relationship with a boyfriend and you think you're vibing and then all of a sudden, like, boom, no communication after everything was going so great. I hate doing that to customers. And then my number five goes back again to say, Thank you over and over again, but not in an annoying way. But really, it's my biggest pet peeve when people don't say thank you after taking my money. (laughs) I don't know if you ever get that where you go to a big business or a small business where you're at the checkout register and you're paid and people don't even thank you for coming into their store or buying whatever you did. I think it's 
so rude and drives me totally crazy. Just being grateful is so important and making your customers feel that you're grateful for them and that they're valued. Again, all of this just goes back to great communication and making them feel loved on. Right. And especially saying thank you is a really easy step to take. It doesn't take a lot of time. You don't have to go to a lot of effort, but you're just acknowledging that you are grateful that you got to work with them and that they trusted you with their project. And I think that is really meaningful. And it feels weird when you go somewhere and they don't say thank you. You're like, this just feels a little bit off. Oh, totally. I find that I'm the one making the purchase and I say thank you to whoever just took my money and <laughs> they're like, okay, yeah, have a nice day. And I just kind of think, what? I mean, if you really pay attention to how often that happens, it happens so much and it just really blows my mind because it doesn't cost anything to be polite. And sometimes in the case of your customers, a follow-up email or a thank you email literally costs you nothing since I have a line of greeting cards. I have all the time I send out birthday cards, anniversary cards, or even just handwritten random thank you notes to my customers and their kiddos for whatever occasion I know is coming up for them. And while a handwritten thank you note costs a little bit of money, it really doesn't cost that much. And I think it goes a long, long way. Yeah. And I love too that you mentioned your step four is that you just kind of follow up. You don't drop off the face of the earth after something is wrapped up. And for a lot of us, we finish a project and we kind of think, okay, it's over, I'm done. But for our clients, they're still living with the website we designed or they're having that party that they sent out invitations for. So it's ongoing for them, even if it doesn't feel like it for us. And to follow up and just you know, check in is really important. And I think, again, that's a pretty easy step to take to just say, hey, I'm still thinking about you. How can I help? How can I make things even better? Oh, totally. I mean, the follow-up to me is so important. Like I said, I genuinely care about my customers. So if they had that party, I'm excited to hear how that party went. Do you have pictures from that party? I'd love to see them. You know, it doesn't even need to be a Pinterest-worthy picture of like my product <laughs> in action. Like that's not what this is about. It's about you know, we spent this time together and I'm creating a memory for your family and kind of documenting it. And those moments are really important to me. And I know they're important to my customers. So I want them to know that I care about how everything ended up. Yeah. And I'd love to know how you handle customer service because I'm pretty sure when we talked, you said you had some people helping you with your business now. So how do you handle customer service when you have employees or contractors working for you? Yeah, I have an awesome virtual assistant. Her name is Jacqueline and she manages my Etsy shop and just manages me in general. She's this like unicorn of a creature, but <laughs> it took a long time to find someone like her. And I had a couple people who... They were no Jacqueline, <laughs> and it was a bad parting of ways, but I think that my problem was, and like I said previously, sometimes you need to make these mistakes to learn from them. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask people before I hired them what their values were, 
And shame on me because if something's valuable to me, I should know to look for people with these, you know, same values in their own business. And customer service is one of them. I had to part ways with another assistant who, yeah, she followed the scripts that I use to communicate with customers. And, you know, that's real easy for me to set them up. And then they're just kind of running on autopilot with copy and paste. But it was pretty obvious that this person didn't care about customer service and the way that they approached me or cared about my business or didn't give a crap about my business. And it's more than just setting up some scripts for a virtual assistant to, you know, go back and forth with customers with, but really finding someone who values the same, same things you do in your business. And, you know, if you value customers and a customer experience, then that better be the first thing that you ask someone before you bring them on board with your business because they're a reflection of you and just asking the right questions. But knowing to even ask those questions in the first place is probably uh, half the battle. Yeah. Awesome. So I'd love it if you could give listeners three action steps that they can take to up their customer service or just get on the right page for this in their business. Put out a set of systems and process in your business and just say like, okay, when I onboard a customer, I'm doing ABC. This is where I need to follow up with them and then actually do it because that's sometimes the hardest part is the follow through on your end. And then I like to include thoughtful details, whether it is a handwritten note or even just some fun packaging. I mean, I do use ribbon and confetti and all of that sounds like fluffy, but at the same time, when a customer receives their order from Kitty Meow, they know that it was packaged with love. They can see that it was packaged with love and they feel special. And I'm in the business of making people feel special. Um, And then third one, owning up to your mistakes. We're not perfect. I make mistakes all day long. I am human. Just being vulnerable and Letting other people be vulnerable too, I think is so, so important. Okay. Can you give me an example of how serving your clients well has benefited your business? Yes, it has totally benefited my business in every single aspect of it. Most of my business is referral-based. And when you give someone a great customer experience, they're going to refer you to their friends and family and I have this lovely Greek family that I do invitations for and they throw parties like it's a freaking wedding every month (laughs) and they refer me to their huge Greek family and I do stuff for cousins and aunts and uncles and sisters-in-law. I mean, it's just fantastic and I feel like I'm their personal uh, family designer and they treat me really well and I try to show them the love back and I think that love just kind of overflows into all the other aspects of your business. All right. I love that. So tell me two things that you're loving right now that can be business or life. (sighs) Well, hands down, my two beautiful little ladies, Ava James and Bo Augusta, they are the two things I love most in my life. And my husband, he's pretty great too. (laughs) But in business, I'm really loving stepping into this sort of uh, 
thought leader role in my industry, especially in regards to customer service, because I think it's an area we all probably need to give a little attention to. And I want to help business owners know that it can be fun and totally easy and not really so scary. Awesome. So what are you excited for that's coming up in the future? So many things. I'll be launching a new line of Kitty Meow products in 2019 called It's Party Time. And this will consist of napkins, plates, cups, coasters, but keeping with that same sort of witty and sweet Kitty Meow vibe. I love hosting parties and I think this is a great way to marry my collection of invitations with my product line to kind of bring everything together with wholesale and retail and I'm excited about it. Yeah, that is exciting. That's a that's a big step. Yeah, we'll see uh, how the actual production process <laughs> comes. It's really great to have ideas, but then you need to execute them and that's the fun part, right? Yeah. All right. So my last question is where can people find you online? You can shop witty or sweet kitty meow goods at www.kittymeowboutique.com. And on the kitty meow blog, you can find more resources for customer service. And you can even download my customer 101 hack sheet where I keep track of all my customer profiles and their birthdays and anniversary dates and their addresses. And it sounds starting to sound a little creepy as I'm keeping all this information on them, but it's really just to keep myself organized and to provide the best thoughtful experience for my customers. And you can follow along with me on Instagram at Kitty Meow Boutique where I pour my heart and soul out via all my paper products. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about this. I'm excited for listeners to kind of take a look at how they're treating customer service and make some changes to for the better. I agree. And I encourage everyone to take the time to love on their customers. I promise they're going to love you back. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show. 